listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the show. Our topic title today is going to be applicable to anybody that's in the business of getting business. It's called Using LinkedIn to Build Your Book of Business with Alay Yajmik. Now, Alay is not a lawyer. He's a business development coach. And even if you're not in the legal industry, the concepts are definitely going to help you. He's a Silicon Valley MBA. He's led a hundred plus million dollar service business and he's built a $5 million service business from the ground up. And he puts this experience to use with his law firm client. Make sure you check him out on his LinkedIn profile and connect with him on his website. As always, this show is sponsored by Leopard Solutions Legal Intelligence suite of products, Firmscape, and Leopard BI. Push ahead of the pack with the power of Leopard. And now, here's my conversation with Alay Yajnik. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Scott Love with the Rainmaking Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Our guest today is Alay Yajnik, and our topic is using LinkedIn to build your book of business. Alay, thanks for joining me on the show today. Hey, Scott, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. I've been following you for a while, so I'm glad I could get you to come on my show. Thank you for that. And let's get right into it, using LinkedIn to build your book of business. What would you say, as we start talking about this, Alay, what are some of those areas that, you know, think of it big rocks in the bucket, so to speak? What are the things that partners, other rainmakers should think about as they really want to use LinkedIn to help get, uh, get top of mind with prospective clients? Well, that's a great question, Scott. I think probably the first thing to think about is why even bother with using LinkedIn? Yeah. And you know, oftentimes LinkedIn, people think about that as a tool for furthering your career, mm-hmm. you know, about connecting with colleagues and looking for a job or trying mm-hmm. to recruit mm-hmm. people. But LinkedIn is actually very useful for business development as well. And the reason why we kind of got into this is we started to realize a few years ago that a lot of our attorney clients were just simply too busy to do traditional business development. They were too busy for the, you know, three, four hour networking. Meetings. Yeah, right. Too busy for speaking, writing articles, but they still wanted to grow and they still wanted to build their book of business. And we'd been coaching attorneys to use LinkedIn as part of their business development arsenal for about 10 years. And so we really honed in on that and said, hey, look, if you're out of time, why not try using LinkedIn? Because it's an incredibly leveraged tool and platform. Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. so that's where we got into it. And so to answer your question, Scott, you know, the, the first thing really, as far as a big rock goes, is to think about what does success mean to you for LinkedIn? There's okay. a lot of, you know, people, companies out there that will simply say things like, oh, if you sign up with LinkedIn, you're going to get clients delivered straight to your inbox. <laughs> and, and the truth of the matter is, it generally doesn't work out that way. I mean, I wish I could say that it did, but LinkedIn is a platform for building relationships. And if you keep that, you know, forefront in your mind, it's a scalable way to build relationships with people that are in your sweet spot as far as people who can refer you as well as potential ideal clients. Okay, that's great. So so it's nice. And the way I look at social media is that I remember back in the day when Twitter first came out, well, that was a great platform because nobody was on it, but now everybody's on it. So it just got kind of noisy. And I see LinkedIn in some ways can be noisy also, but then I also see that there's people that regularly connect and comment and pay attention. And it does give people a chance to have a voice to actually say things. So how do we keep 
from being caught up in all that noise in LinkedIn? What have you seen with people that you've worked with where they've actually been active on that and that's translated into revenue coming in, into new clients connecting with them? I think there's there's two things that that a person can do. And one is on you know their side as a viewer looking at LinkedIn and using LinkedIn. And the other is as a business developer, which is reaching out to people. So one thing you can do on LinkedIn is you can actually customize your feed. So if you log into LinkedIn and you don't like what you see in your feed, you can actually make changes to that. You can like things, unlike things, and the algorithm will learn so that the feed is actually useful for you. So that's the first oh, interesting. Yeah. So, so just based on what you like, it changes the algorithm. Is that right? That's right. And there's a couple of different controls you can do. It takes you about 15, 20 minutes. And you do that and your feed is going to become a lot more useful for you as a business developer. The second thing is making targeted connections and leveraging those connections through targeted content. Okay. Uh, okay. Instead of just kind of blasting out content out there to the world, really thinking about who do I want to connect with? What are they interested in? Reaching out to those people, sending them a couple of messages and starting to build a relationship. Mm, interesting. So talk about that for a little bit. Should I connect with people and say, hello, my name is Scott Love and I want to sell you something. Is that a good way that we should start that relationship? <laughs> exactly, right? That's absolutely not what you want to do. But so right. many people <laughs> see that. You and you open up LinkedIn in your inbox, there's a bunch of those messages from people trying to sell you things. Yeah. And of yeah. course, that's not what we want to do. But looking at LinkedIn as a networking platform, there's nothing wrong with finding someone who's a targeted connection who could be a great referral source for you mm -hmm. and reaching out and saying, Hi, been following you on LinkedIn for a while. I like your stuff. And of course, you have been following their stuff and you've done your homework. Yep. I'd love to chat with you and see if there's some way that we can help each other. Yeah, that's great. Right? And that's not for a potential client. That's for yeah. a potential referral source. I see. Potential client's a totally different deal. And okay. uh, it takes us a lot longer to discuss, but we can get into that too, if you like. Yeah, so tell me this then. So then as we're looking at those people with whom we're connected on LinkedIn, should we be segmenting them into different categories? Yeah, one of the things we talk about is this concept of a LinkedIn audience. And you want to have a very specific audience that you are that your LinkedIn presence is trying to reach. Could be your ideal referral sources. Mm -hmm. It could be your ideal clients. Could be both. For most of our clients, it's their ideal referral sources. Who's going to connect them with really awesome clients and who can they refer potential business to in return? Right. And once you understand who your target audience is, now you're in a position to be able to focus your content on those people. Okay, that's great. So let's just say that I'm making a decision with LinkedIn. I'm not going to contact prospective clients directly. I'm going to contact and reach out to referral sources. Because as you know, as a BD coach, you coach people that when you can get a referral, it's basically you're borrowing the trust. The trust is loaned from that person that knows your client prospect. And they're connecting that client prospect with you. So if we said we want to make that our primary use for LinkedIn, I assume that would be a good idea, right? If we just said we want to build a referral pipeline through LinkedIn, do you think that's all we should do? Or should we look at other ways that we use it as well? Yeah. So for the purposes of, there's a lot of different ways you can use LinkedIn. Talking about referral sources for a second, let's say you connect with someone on LinkedIn for the first time and they could be a really good referral source. Right. The transfer of trust is not going to happen automatically because before they refer you a client, they have to first trust you. And yeah. trust yeah. takes time and it takes energy and it's hard to build that trust over LinkedIn. You know, I mean, if you're sending email messages back and forth through LinkedIn or seeing each other's posts, it's hard to build that trust. And so 
what we talk about is once you make that initial connection and you're both talking, the next step is to schedule a meeting with the person, whether it's over the phone or on mm-hmm. Zoom or whatnot, and really start to build that relationship, understand what it is that they need for their business, what you need for your practice, and really having that trust uh, starting to be built. That makes things so much more powerful and really, really reduces the amount of time that it takes for you to start trusting each other. Right. That's really good. So let's just kind of go down this path then about referral sources then. If I was, let's say, a practicing attorney or someone that is a professional services provider, should I look at the different types of referring sources and what would those types be that you think really works well? Yeah, we look at a few different types of referral sources. The first are uh, ideal clients, which we're putting aside for a moment. Uh, the other are what we call champions. Uh, I've also heard them called power partners. You know, there's a lot of referral partners. These are other people that work with your clients, mm-hmm. but that may not directly compete with you. So like a consultant or a vendor or someone like that? Consultant, an accountant, some other vendor. Absolutely. Right. A different kind of attorney. Yeah, um, right, right. Right. Because most attorneys get 80% of their referrals from other attorneys. Right. Right. And that's the third referral source for a lot of our attorneys is actually kind of your competition, right? Mm -hmm. We call it co-opetition because oftentimes when you build relationships with your competition, they send you business, you send them business because Mm -hmm. you looked it out, you're out of capacity, whatever. And then the fourth category is, this is called centers of influence. I've heard it called that. These are people who are just people of influence in in your sphere. They could be thought leaders. They could be, you know, government officials. They could be elected members of a bar association, those kinds of people who, even though you may not directly have any kind of referral relationship with them, if they trust you, they may actually be able to send you some amazing clients. Yeah, well, that's great. That's a great idea. So tell me a story then of someone that you worked with, and you don't have to mention the person's name, of course, where they were LinkedIn, you know, on zero to a hundred, they were zero or maybe 10% built out or whatever. They're just they're novices. What did you coach them to do and what did they do and how did that impact their practice? Yeah. So we actually, uh, one of our clients, one of our earlier clients is in Southern California and she came to us being a complete LinkedIn skeptic. Uh, This was (laughs) a few years ago. And she said, look, I don't do any of the social media stuff. I have no interest in doing it really, but I am out of time and you know, I, I'm willing to give it a shot. So if you say that you can help me with LinkedIn and that it's going to help my business, let's give it a shot for a couple of months and see if you're right. Although, letting you know, I'm a total skeptic. Right. So what we did is we went down uh, with her, gave her a LinkedIn strategy, optimized her profile so it made sense for her strategy, and then worked with her on how mm. to create content and how to create mm. posts. The awesome thing about LinkedIn is you can see metrics for performance along the yeah. way. So even if you're not getting clients, you can see your connections going up, your post views going up, your profile views going up. There's lots of indicators that things are going well. And that kept her engaged uh, long enough until she started to see those results after four or five months. And when that started to happen, she really got jazzed and excited. And she wound up taking over her LinkedIn. She gets about 3,500 post views a day. Yeah, she's way exceeded what I can do. On LinkedIn, yeah. actually. And she said, you know what? I was a skeptic, but you showed me how to do it. And I take about 15, 20 minutes a day. I worked the system you gave me and the results are going very, very well. 
That's great, LA. That's great. So let me ask you this then. You talked about indicators that things are going well. What are some of those that as we start doing the things you're suggesting, we can look at and see that we're on the right path? Yeah, great question. So followers and connections going up on LinkedIn. The other would be your profile views, the number of people that are finding you on LinkedIn and looking you up on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just completed a study where a study with one of our clients, they finished up with about three months with us. Their profile views went up by 91%. Wow, that's great. And every time someone's looking at that, they're not looking at it for fun. They're looking at it and they're looking at you as a potential referral source or someone who who can help them out in some way. So that's awesome. And then post views. When you put together a LinkedIn post, how many people actually look at those post views and getting that up? Those are three really good indicators that your LinkedIn strategy is paying off. That's great. So why do you think people would pay attention to what an attorney posts? Let's say I'm a potential referring partner, management consultant that works in a certain industry that a prospective attorney that's doing this is actually working in also. What are the things that I'm going to be looking for that would cause me to pay attention to an attorney that I should follow and eventually want to connect with at some point? What is it that I'm looking for that would cause me to feel safe and want to get to know this person? Yeah. uh, One of the things you mentioned is that the person is in a specific industry. So for attorneys that have a niche focus on an industry, a simple way to establish yourself with other people in the industry is to start posting about that industry and to establish yourself as a thought leader addressing legal issues and other issues of interest in that industry. Yeah, right, right. Start to see that over and over again. Mm-hmm. They start to say, oh man, if I'm talking to one lawyer, I want to talk to that person because that yeah. person knows my industry. Yeah, that's right. That's really interesting. I think that makes sense. And I like that. So if somebody that's listening, what should I focus on? Talk about your expertise within a niche. Talk about what you've done within that unique, narrow lane that you've chosen that only people in that industry have to face. So what are some themes that you've seen lawyers are posting on that's getting a lot of views? It's getting a lot of splash. Well, right now, so being in California, what's getting a lot of attention is anything about California employment law. And that is, you know, nothing new. It's been topic du jour for many, many days (laughs) and months and years. The other thing that we're seeing a lot of is really nitty gritty family law types of situations, very complex types of things because there's a lot of that happening here now. And most recently, and this is probably in the past few months, uh, the tech layoffs are garnering a lot of interest. Uh, So if you're in a corporate type of practice or you're in an employment law practice, that's a target-rich area. The other one, of course, course, is artificial intelligence. Yep, that's right. And chat GPT. So anything you can do there, if that is focused on your practice or a part of your practice, fantastic. Yeah, those are the things people really want to know about. They are. And it may seem weird. Like, let's say you're an insurance attorney. You might think, oh, you know, I don't do any of those kinds of things. Well, one of the things that that we teach our clients, we have a tool called the content creator, which really helps if you have a niche or you have a focus in your practice, ask you some questions and you can quickly come up with about 15 pieces of content, 15 topic ideas mm-hmm. in about five minutes. And so having a tool like that, that gives you some prompts to start generating content is really helpful. Even if you think that, no one is interested in your area of expertise. I promise you, people are. It's a big, wide yeah. world out there. And there's lots of people that are focused on the same kinds of things you are. And by really honing in on that and writing appropriate content for that, you will find those people on a platform like LinkedIn. 
That's great. And I want to have you talk about that tool here in a second. One thing I've noticed, though, is if I go to conference website pages, even last year's conference or this year's conference, if it's already happened, and they usually keep those up for a while, I can look and see what the breakout topics were. I can look and see who are the breakout and the panel speakers. What are they speaking on? And I could pretty much write my whole content strategy based on what I've seen is top of mind at conferences within my niche. What do you think about that, LA? It's a great idea. Yeah. And with a tool like ChatGPT, it's even easier. Yeah, that's right. Right. So tell me this then, what's the nexus between ChatGPT and LinkedIn? How do you think people can use that as a tool to get a little bit more attention, a little bit more recognition on LinkedIn? One of the ways we're looking at it is to simply use it to create content. You know, if you're coming up with a topic post, we went through a lot of effort to put together tools to do that. And but it's on the attorney to write the content. Yeah. Well, now they can actually get a rough draft written for them using a tool like ChatGPT, which is fantastic. That's interesting. It really simplifies the content creation process. They still have yeah. to look at it and make sure it it, it makes sense. Yeah. But it takes a lot of the headache out of it. That's great. So tell me this then, if people want to get started implementing these ideas that you talked about, LA, what would three action steps be that they can take to go forward and really make an impact in what they're posting on LinkedIn? Sure. First thing to do is to identify your target audience on LinkedIn. Whether it's your ideal referral sources or your ideal clients, pick one and focus on that. Great. The second thing to do is come up with an influencer list. These are the list of people based on your target audience who you'd really like to connect with. These are people who are absolute rock stars. If you could wave a magic wand, you'd be connected to them because they could transform your practice. Yeah, right, right. Get that list pulled together. And the third thing is write content, spend about 10, 15 minutes a day on LinkedIn and create content that that influencer list will find interesting. And a bonus step is once you do that, reach out to those influencers and ask them to connect with you. That's great. Do you think we could actually quote them in something that we post as a way to kind of get their interest in connecting with us? Yeah, one of the things we do is we'll look at some of the things that they post, yep. we'll riff off of that post, and then we'll tag them in it. We'll yeah, also wow. comment on their content and tag them in it. That's great. Um, as a way to kind of warm things up because they see all of that and they remember it. Yeah, absolutely right. These are great ideas, LA. So tell us then about the offerings that you have. What do you do? What do you have that you'd like our listeners to know? And then I'm curious to hear more about the content creator tool that you have also, LA. Oh, sure. Yeah. So our website is uh, linkedinforlawyers.net. And that's a place where you can go to to get more information about anything that I'm talking about here today. But what we decided to do is really offer purpose-built content to allow attorneys to use LinkedIn for business development. And there's several different ways they can do that. On our website, we have a free course that attorneys can just sign up for and take no credit card needed. Oh, that's great. We'll put yeah. that link on our on our show notes for LA for people. Awesome. Thanks. Yes, yeah, so that will give you, if you're listening, kind of a sense for how this is. And is LinkedIn really a platform that you want to spend your time on? And then we engage with our clients in a few different ways. One is through online courses that are self-paced. And we're obviously available for support as needed. The second is through LinkedIn coaching. So we'll actually work with our clients one-on-one to help them hmm. develop and implement their LinkedIn strategy. And the third, which is really exciting, is outsourced LinkedIn. So for attorneys that are super busy or just don't want to deal with LinkedIn, we'll actually take over their LinkedIn persona and we will create content that they approve, of course, to post. We will connect with people on their behalf. We will even schedule meetings with prospects and referral sources 
for our clients. And so that'll just simply start appearing in their calendar. And that's what we're really excited about. Yeah, boy, that really takes that burden off and gives people leverage. They have an it expert really like does. you doing that. Yeah. It's so much fun to connect with them and get together with them in like a month. And they're saying, oh my God, I'm having all these appointments in my calendar. This is really cool. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great, LA. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show and for sharing, pulling the curtain back and sharing these ideas that I think are going to make a difference for people listening. And like I said to everybody listening, we're going to put LA's content information, also the link to his free course on the show notes. So make sure you go there, connect with him. And of course, we'll put his LinkedIn profile link on there as well. LA, thanks for being on the show. And I'm certain we'll have you back on in the future. Thank you so much for having me. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.